invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Hello, Kelly Grosslogs. Hi, Jeffrey. Thanks for joining us in our podcast today, Kelly. It wouldn't be it. Conversations with Kelly podcast without you. Thanks for inviting me. Right? Yes. And it's so good to be back in Studio B. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome everybody to the podcast today, which I am looking forward to actually giving um, giving this some space and giving this some time. Uh, a topic that, again, when I asked our community, I I had several people reach out about this. And I also thought it was pretty interesting that majority of the people that reached out about this particular topic did it in a private message. I think. It's oh, so this is one that people are a little bit like, Ooh, yes. And it's I'm, the topic of complex grief or grieving or losing somebody that you didn't like, or that was mean to you or that hurt you repeatedly. And, you know, I just think, and, and I, I totally respect private messages, by the way. Um, I get a lot of them, but I, I thought that that was, it was just something I noted. So this topic is maybe a little bit more uncomfortable for people. Uncomfortable. I think people feel shame about it. I think our society has put people in a box of what they're supposed to feel when somebody dies in their life, especially if like we were talking before, if it's, if on paper they were supposed to be somebody that protected you like a parent or a grandparent or a relative or a spouse. And yet they that's on paper but your real life experience was it was anything but so is that what you mean by complex or Mm -hmm. i mean complexity could be a a number of things yeah there's layers and layers to this grief and some people call it complicated bereavement um in the literature you'll see that but yes we decided to talk about the complexity of it because it is very complex and it's it's mixed with lots of emotions so um we can, you know, relationships in our life can change. They can start off very loving and we can feel safe with people and they can turn and they can change. And, you know, when that person dies and I, I want to talk about also if it's, if it's an unexpected death, they died in an accident, a suicide, a homicide, um, a heart attack, whatever it may be unexpected, it can leave you feeling even more even more turmoil inside um, because I've seen at the bedside some beautiful moments of healing, of forgiveness between two people that maybe hurt each other deeply and there was there was an opportunity and there was time. Sure. So that missed opportunity suddenly, mm-hmm. oh, there's no chance at this point because we never mended fences. Right. Right. And then you carry that the rest of your life. Yes. Or you could carry that the rest of your life. But we in this podcast want to make it easier for people so you don't have to carry Right. Right. And to give people tools to be able to deal with the complexity of it. And um and so really whenever we talk in these podcasts, we hope that you'll um somehow apply it to your own situation. 
maybe not all the podcasts apply to everybody and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe they apply to you, but everything we say in here doesn't necessarily fit your story and that's okay. Right. right. That's you know? pretty normal. Right. And we have to, t- we have 20 minutes, so we have to talk in, in generalizations. Hurry up, Kelly. <laughs> We've only got like 14 left. I'm I kidding. I know. So let's get to it. Right. Do it. Um, so over the years as a grief therapist, I've seen many situations that, have had so many layers of loss to them. Um, whether the person was estranged from the person that died or whether they were in a very hurtful and painful situation and the person died. It's not unusual for, if that is your story, to be envious of other people. Let's let's use um, a grandfather for an example. So a grandfather dies and this grandfather was very abusive to all the physically abusive to everybody in the family. Okay. Um, from little children on up. And so grandfather dies and you are out with, um, friends for coffee and they are crying over their grandfather's loss because of what an amazing man he was to them and how they felt so safe and they'd always sit on his lap and all of these things. It's hard because at that moment, then we are isolated from the common and communal experience of, of grief. And we kind of go into our own little land in our own little corner that feels very, very, very isolating. Yeah. I've had that happen before in, in any number of contexts, not just grief. Yeah. And, and I stop listening to the conversation and I shut down and then I start going down this path of judgment of yourself, of myself. Yes. Right. And why can't I have this conversation? I'm jealous that I can't participate in this conversation because I didn't have that experience. Yes. I, I a hundred percent have felt that I, I absolutely have. Um, what, my hope for people is that you will find your people that because we can coexist with people even when they're having a really good experience and we're not around the same topic that hopefully those people can still hold that space for us and we can hold the space for them to be joyful or we can hold the space for their really good stories about grandfather and they can hold the spaces for us. We have to find those people in life though that we can say, I am so happy for you that you had that experience with your grandfather. I wish I had, but I have to tell you, my grandfather was nothing like that. And I grieve for the relationship I wish I had. And that's so much about complex grief is people can get very confused of why they even feel any grief because their normal reactions You know, because we assume in the society that grief means you adored the person and you're sad because they're no longer here. And that is much of it. But there's also many people walking around, their grief involves an illusion that didn't come true or a relationship they wanted and they wanted to feel safe and they wanted to feel loved by that person and they didn't. Mm. You know, I think for me, maybe I overprocess things or I process things a lot. It's not a judgment that I overprocess, but I think every grief for me is probably complicated mm-hmm. because I can't think of a single relationship that is all positive right. all the time. Right. 
right? And that's the nature of a relationship. So yes, I will grieve the loss of someone and I'd probably grieve the fact that I didn't have exactly what I wanted with them at the same time. That's so true. And, and I think that it's, it's important to say that. Um, absolutely. That's, that's true. That's true of all of ours. We do idolize the deceased. We do put them on pedestals. We just, we are like that. And one of my tasks as a grief specialist was to help people unpack all of it and not in it in to be really real with it. Because when I see people idolizing the dead, I think that, um, it's important to go through and unpack all of the scenarios. That doesn't mean they were a bad person by any means. It just means that it's important to also, because especially when people are shaming themselves or judging themselves for something, right? I think we have to go and unpack the reality of that entire suitcase. There's lots of compartments in that, in that luggage, right. in that bag, so to speak. And it's not to shove it in anybody's face. It's just one of the, the best ways that we can heal with and move with our grief is the authenticity of all of it. And that, yeah. of course, we got mad at that person. Of course, there were times maybe we didn't treat them as well and vice versa. Yeah, I think it's we have to remember the humanity in both us and our friend, our yes. loved one who's now gone. Yes. Right. And, and we do, to your point, idolize them because the eulogy comes out and mm -hmm. what do we do? They were the best at this. Yeah. The superlatives come out, right? And those are all true. They are true. They are true. But I always appreciate when you hear, boy, she was stubborn. Yeah. I remember yeah. with my grandma, right? Yep. She was great in all these ways, but man, she was stubborn and she would dig her heels in and it wasn't fun. Yes, exactly. Right? Or my mom, Sandy, like she was a very loving and loyal, fierce person until you made her mad. And then you better run for the hills because she was, she was as fierce in love. She could be fierce in anger, Yeah, you know? And yeah. so, and that's, that's true for today. Let's really reach out to those of you listening to this, that you're having a really hard time coming up with any positive memory. Um, really a hard time because things like abuse, whether it be sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, spiritual, whatever, really override many of, if there were maybe, maybe it was this person that was your abuser used to always buy you an ice cream cone when you were little. And, and that's fun. And at a certain developmental age, that can be the overriding feeling. But as we get older, we realize that 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 ice cream cone had so many attachments to it and manipulations to it and all of these things that it's okay. It really is okay. If you don't want to even acknowledge that ice cream cone, if you don't even want to acknowledge those moments, I, I never want to sit with somebody. I want to go with what their overriding feeling is in grief. And I don't ever want to try and tamper those down by the ice cream cones, for example. Like, right. Well, what about that ice cream cone? Let's allow ourselves to really feel the raw feelings, yeah. the complexity of these relationships that they were not safe or healthy for us. And yes, we maybe contributed to some of that. Maybe it was a really tumultuous marriage. And this, you know, this person had an alcohol addiction, they had drug addiction, whatever that may be. 
we maybe contributed to it. Sure. Um, but abuse is never okay. And, um, I certainly feel for those of you listening that where you, it would be almost a luxury to have a grief story like that sweet, tender couple that he dies when they've been married 50 years and they had hard times, but really overriding, it was tender and it was sweet. And he really was that man that people want to talk about. And she truly is missing him. And it's almost a luxury to have that kind of grief experience. And again, yeah. to your point, yes, there's both and in every relationship, but overall it's a luxury if when you think of this person and you miss them for reasons that maybe we take for granted in some of our grief stories, like I feel overridingly this hole in my heart because they're gone. Like I do for my aunt Sherry, for example. And yeah, there was complexity to that relationship, but the overriding feeling is I just miss her like right. the whole. And I think a lot of times people might experience these feelings of, of missing someone and not know why they miss somebody. Yes. Yes. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I suppose sometimes we might judge that this person treated me so horribly in my life, yet here I am finding myself missing this mm -hmm. person. What's that all about? Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a very common thing actually to, um, to miss. And part of that is the way our brains work and our, we become very fixated, um, and very attached to what we call illusions. So things, the illusion of the way we wish it were, um, illusions are very real and illusions are some of the hardest things to grieve. Can you repeat that? I, I think it's a really profound statement you just made. Isn't it? It's illusions are, are very, very real, real to us. They are. They're very real. They're it, it, right. It's it's the um, it's a paradox. It's an absolute paradox. It's what keeps people in things that aren't good for them, whether it be a relationship, jobs, whatever. Also, um, I, I, that's also a kind of relationship. Exactly. Right? And so we create in our minds the way we wish it were. And if there's a, a moment of goodness we attach to that and we create this or we always believe it's going to get better. And that's something that we do a lot. I've experienced this in a breakup situation, right? Mm -hmm. You break up with somebody, uh, I left this guy and then months later, all I remembered was the good stuff, which meant all I was thinking about was missing the good stuff. And, and it was you and other friends who would repeatedly remind me, yeah. Remember all that other stuff that you yes. you went through? And that's to your point for this whole thing. It's about looking at the whole person, the whole situation as much as you can. Right. Right. And that's a beautiful example, Jeffrey, because I think where when you when you live with complex grief and you know, we almost have to allow for all of it, like you're saying, or the both and of it. And we have to allow ourselves to go wherever we go each day in terms of, you know, I mean, because the, the reality is it's dangerous to live all in 
positive times, it's dangerous to live in all of negative times. I mean, it really is for anything in life, not just grief. Like, it's like the beginning of the tale of the two cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's pretty good, right? Since both were happening simultaneously. Right. And that right. is life. Right. It is life and it is death and it is, it's just important. But I think there is, allow yourself, if you're, if you live in that space of, I don't like this person that died and yet I'm getting all these cards, the loss of a grandfather and it's all the sentiments. I mean, we were talking about before we went on the air. If you want to know what loss our society values go to a sympathy card aisle and you'll see it. It's in, there's nothing about complex grief. There's nothing about the neighbor dying. There's nothing about the best friend. I mean, it's none of that. It's, it's the mainstream. Your father died. Therefore you must be sad. And so all these expectations that in these projections we put on people. You're actually making me laugh when I'm thinking about taking a field trip with you to the local grocery store, The Jewel, and we're going to go to the sympathy card aisle. And, and no discredit to the wonderful, beautiful cards that are out there. Exactly. Because, because it, they apply, they do apply sometimes. Right. Absolutely. Right. But they don't necessarily cover the gamut of emotion that we may be feeling. Right. And it's the same thing with illness. You know, there are some card makers now that really talk. I mean, raunchy realness about like cancer and it's fantastic. But if you look, it's, it's soft. It's too soft in the aisles of the card. They're, oh, they're yeah. too soft. Everybody wants everything to be okay. And I think every card was written by our aunt Pollyanna. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, rest in peace, Polly. <laughs> but you know, truly. So it's find the people that you can be real with and find the people and if you don't have them in your life, then seek out a specialized grief therapist who can hold that space for you where you can come in one session and be like, I am so relieved he's dead. I don't ever, that man makes me sick. I don't want any of his pictures. I don't want. And then the next session you come in and he, it, you are weeping over the, the ice cream cone memory and mm. weeping over it. And that's, the dance of it all. You know, forgiveness is a really important piece here. And one of the things I encourage people to do, if if it's a if it's an abuser, if it's an estrangement, whatever it may be, is to write them a letter. Um and say, say what write it as if no one is ever gonna read it. And so say whatever you want to say. It can be as cruel as it can be. It can be filled with, I'm not sure why I love you and miss you because you did nothing to me but hurt me and my my family. Write it like no one is going to read it. Mm. And then sit with it for a little bit and go back a week later and read it. See what it feels like after you've cathartically released it and then sit with it and do a ritual with it, whether it's rip it up, burn it, bury it. Uh, maybe you even go to the where they're buried or a special park or whatever it may be and read it, but do a ritual with that. Now I'm not saying that magically takes care of all the feelings, but it moves you through some of this grief. Like so much of your advice, uh, it's about 
giving space and taking something yes. from within you where it's bottled up and putting it somewhere else that can be more constructive. Absolutely. And if you're feeling, if you're feeling, um, and this is going to maybe feel very vulnerable, but one of the most beautiful things is when people would bring those in to read to me, because I do think giving it words and having another human hold the space and hear it is so beautiful because what we essentially all of us need in grief is to be seen and to be heard and to be validated that we, we want our grief to matter no matter what it is and the complexity of it in these situations. Truly for those of you listening, like I completely honor your anger, your confusion, your sadness, even some of your joys with this person. Um, and I, I just think it's really important that you sit down and not judge it and find the people that you can be real with. It's so, so, so important. And hopefully this podcast was just a little beginning step to walking into that very scary void. Yeah, Kelly, this is great advice. And I think this is a topic we might need to return to later. I agree, because there's so much more to say. There is. Thank you for everything you're saying and mm -hmm. everybody Thank who's you, listening. Jeffrey. Talk to you soon. Much peace. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note, we've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.